one. Welcome everybody to Weiss Camera Action. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the King of Gordon himself, Alex M. Weiss. Me. And joining us once again. I've seen Dead Red's again. Duchess of Dunwoody, the Sage of Sandy Springs, Erica J. Lavender. Hello, everyone. I have seen Dead Man's Chest once, so here we are. <laughs> uh, this was this was a good good follow up to to Curse of the Black Pearl, huh? It's a uh, oh, oh, this is yeah. going to be an interesting like, conversation, there, isn't it? Uh, I guess we'll Gee. we'll get to that later. Um. Of course, this is Weiss Camera Action, the show where each and every week on your favorite podcast service, Erica, Alex, and I review movies slash series of movies. If you like that and want to be a part of the show, go to patreon.com slash Weisscast, where $1 a month grants you the ability to ask questions that you want to be aired on the podcast, or you can write in your Darmok reviews. We haven't had anyone write in yet, but hey, this is only the second episode. There's a first time for everyone. Also, Patreon supporters get the show, in theory, earlier and uncut. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Chronoslinger. If you don't have any change to toss our way, no big me. deal. You can catch the show each and every Thursday on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping. We are still trying to find our rhythm with this show. Thank you for your kind words and feedback from last week. Um, also, iTunes is being a little hard-nosed and keeps crashing when I try to link the podcast. It will be there eventually. So, thank you for your patience. Today's episode is brought to you by Wisecast, but more on that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is, and forever will be, first impressions. All right, Erica. This was your first time seeing Pirates of the Caribbean dead man's chest what was going through your mind as the movie started okay so as the movie started i think the very first thing that i said was wow what a great first shot and then as the opening uh sequence continued i continued to enjoy it um so that was my initial first reaction and then as the movie continued i I don't know. I don't want to give away my order of how I would rank the movies, but just as it was happening, I was like, I kind of feel like this is in a lot of ways similar to the first movie, but I didn't want to say done better. I just was like enjoying it maybe more thoroughly because I was familiar with the storyline at this point. I was familiar with the characters, kind of how the movie, the, 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 this kind of movie goes, I suppose. Anyways, I was thoroughly enjoying it. My first impression is a very good first impression. Alex? I don't know if I should wait to be called on. Uh, I can sum up my first impression with a meme. They had us in the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> that's a great one. Uh, you know, for me in a lot of ways, this movie felt not so much like a sequel the things that made it the se a sequel were kind of 
they felt like they were almost afterthoughts, if that makes sense. Like in a lot of ways, it felt like the first movie in a series because it's starting a completely new storyline than the first one. Um, really the only things tying it to the first one are a couple of the characters, you know? Um, I mean, in Lord of the Rings, for example, it's all about getting the ring to Mordor and destroying it. In in Star Wars, it's all about destroying the Empire. Uh, and something that Star Wars and Pirates of the Caribbean have in common is when the first movie was made, a second movie wasn't necessarily in the works. Like it, it was not even a thought in the, the director's or producer's writer's mind. Um, so yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, in a lot of ways, this movie seems like the first of a series. And I think if you had taken the opening of curse of the black pearl, and removed the opening of this movie and put it with the curse of the black pearl sub out the zombie skeleton pirates for the zombie fish pirates. <laughs> uh, you, you have a great first movie, I think in a series, but uh, um, yeah, I I mean, I, I really enjoy this movie a lot. I think it has in a lot of ways, a stronger score then the first one and the first one's so iconic, like it just builds upon it. Hans yes, Hans Zimmer takes Klaus Bedelt's score and just makes it better. Um, Can I chime in on the score? For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, I just have to say that. Okay, so I knew going into the first one that I was going to like recognize the whole score. Obviously, if you watched the last episode, you know how I feel about the score because I played it on the viola. Um, and then this time around, though, I didn't, I, I guess my brain just kind of forgot that it might be a different, the music will be different because it's a different movie, obviously. And I got so excited all over again. Um, there was one particular, I can't even remember how it goes, but I heard it and I was like, I can play that right now. Haven't played the song in don't even know 10 years or more and i knew in my head exactly how to play it it all came back to me so yeah the score has that kind of ability to uh trigger deep deep memories in your brain which is kind of cool yeah i mean this score is just so so iconic and i mean i think i was speaking on it last week that i mean this this might be one of the best scored movie series of all time. Um, and especially these first three movies. Um, they're just so, 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 so good. Um, Alex, I'm wondering, I'm wondering more of your thoughts on the first, the first half. Uh, will you elaborate more on your meme? I'll admit, I watched this movie almost a week ago. It's not as fresh in my mind as The Curse of the Black Pearl was when we recorded for that one. Um, so, in the beginning, Jack is doing something. What is he doing? He's 
oh, he's captaining the the mm-hmm. Black Pearl. He's trying to get away from the uh, from Davy Jones, and he just picks a random island. Well, at the very beginning, he's kind of looking for Davy Jones, but but then right. he gets marked for death. Oh, that's right, right, right. Bootstrap yeah, Bill. By bootstrap. So what I really liked about the beginning is like, like it, it, it's kind of the continuation that you didn't know you wanted. Like it doesn't depend on the first one, but it, like if you've seen the first one, it's like, oh, this is what Jack did after he started. Be, he became the pirate or the the captain again. Um, I like that they, I like that his plan is just pick an island and to get away from Davy Jones and it t- ended up being the worst island they could go to. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that Will just have, like, I will say I think Orlando Bloom was much better in this movie. Like, I thought his acting was less wooden. And uh, just the way that he was reintroduced to Jack, even though it seemed kind of coincidental, I, I didn't mind it. The way everybody kind of came together to look for the heart of Davy Jones was cool. Yeah, I I think in a lot of ways that uh Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley kind of swapped like acting styles a little bit in this. Like I feel like Orlando Bloom's like his his acting chops went way up and Kira Knightley's went way down. I feel like uh in a lot of ways, Elizabeth Swan had no weight on the story whatsoever. Like she, she was kind of just there. Yeah, they're like, well, she was in the first one, and she's Will's love interest. She's she's got to be here. So yeah, um, I think my favorite scene, though, and I know we're jumping the gun, but is the the Tortuga where they're recruiting pirates. And they they run mm. into Norrington. Just the just the whole scene is great. That is a good scene. We can we can do favorite scenes. This is a new segment. Favorite favorite scene. Well, that that one, and then well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but the the one that I I had to screen record because it had such an awkward sound edit or read. But I'll, I'll save that teaser. All right, uh, Erica, do do you have a favorite scene from this this movie? I kind of have two. Um, there is one scene that stuck out to me, and I was like, I think I've seen this before. Which I know that's like the whole gag is that I've never seen it before. Like <laughs> I must have seen like a clip of it, like while I was flipping through channels way back when or something. And it was when they, I don't even know what to call it, like the big wheel. And they were having the sword fight on the big wheel as it was rolling through the wilderness. Um, that was when, for me, the score was doing its thing where I was like, this is gorgeous. I like to play this right here and right now. Um, and also it just was like, I was very impressed by the first sword fight in the last movie. Um, and then that sword fight in this movie to me I was like okay that was even better and it was a really cool a cool little moment and then another favorite scene was which again I guess if we're like hating on the end of the movie then whoops but I really liked the one of the last scenes whenever the Kraken was like eating Jack Sparrow just like that shot was insane it was so nuts and I just I don't know visually I really really liked it 
love the the wheel scene. The wheel scene with Will. It's hard to say. Uh, but um, that that's the like one of the main scenes that sticks out in my mind, and like it it's for being so memorable. I completely forgot that Norrington was in that scene until I watched the movie. Like I have, I I don't know why I didn't know he was in, not in the scene. Like I just, I guess my memory relegated his role to the third movie. Very interesting. I uh, I I love that that scene too. That three way sword fight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like Erica was saying. I mean the the sword play in the first movie was so good, and I was like thinking that there's no way that it can get any better. And then they brought this just ridiculous scene where they go from the beach into the woods, into this church, onto this water wheel, and then just start rolling through the jungle. And it's so, so good. The The choreography is just expert. And we actually did confirm, ladies and gentlemen, last week that it is the same choreographer as The Princess Bride. Um. So good job. First movie was, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that this one is too. I mean, it's just so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. There's no way that it's not. Um. Th- that 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 scene's really 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 good. Um. Of course. Uh. I love the very end. The very end when Barbos is walking down the stairs. My man is back. My man is back. Um, I think... What? What? Is the scene that we keep talking about with the wheel, is that the one where Pentel and Rigetti are looking off in the distance and explaining what's happening? Because that is just golden. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That, that is my favorite Pentel and Rigetti scene. But, well, besides the one where Rigetti's reading the Bible. <laughs> yes, that's really funny, too. Um, I got some fun facts for you guys. Uh, Lame on me. So the gigantic wheel upon which the sword fight between Sparrow Turner and Norrington takes place weighed 1,800 pounds and stood 18 feet tall. Real. Yeah. Uh, the director, Gore Verbrinski, actually wanted Davy Jones to be played as Dutch, as he is the captain of the Dutchman, but Bill Nye. Uh, the man who played Davy Jones responded, I don't do Dutch, so I decided on Scottish. And honestly, he didn't sound very Scottish to me. I, didn't, I don't know if he had like a twang of Dutch. I don't know, but didn't sound very Scottish to me. Um, the movie was shot back to back with Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. So um, these movies were written, that means they were written in tandem. And I think that's the way to do. Uh, movies that have sequels, you know, like small I, detour here. Yeah, do you remember the the period in time before the MCU was a thing, where the the thing to do in Hollywood was make movie two and movie three together? Like that was kind of a trend. Like Back to the Future, The Matrix, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure there's others, but it was just like. If there, if a movie was a one-off and then it got a sequel, it was like, oh no, it's a trilogy. It's not just a sequel. Mm-hmm. So, I vaguely remember that. Vaguely, vaguely. Um, just some a runtime of one hundred and fifty-one minutes. 
with a budget of $225 million. On opening weekend, it grossed $135 million. And at the time, it was the fastest movie to gross over $100 million, doing so in just two days. Um, It ended up grossing over a billion dollars worldwide and became the um, highest grossing movie of 2006. Which is really, really cool. Um, Most of the original cast comes back to reprise their roles with new new characters added. Tom Hollander plays Cutler Beckett, who is one of the villains of the movie. Bill Nighy, of course, plays Davy Jones, which is the other villain in this movie. Um, is, Is that Bootstrap? Stellan Skarsgård is bootstrap Bill Turner. Um, And, you know, most of our favorite people from the original movie are back uh, reprising their roles. I read that Stellan Skarsgård was the only character on the Flying Dutchman to not have any CGI done to him. Everything was prosthetic and real. Yeah, it took over four hours to do his makeup. Which is, like, he looked gross. Like, he was, like dripping with this nasty seawater all the time and had like mm-hmm. a clam sticking out of his head. I wonder uh I wonder how often they just had to pour water on him. Like just in between, <laughs> between each take. every take. <laughs> Come here, Stellan. <laughs> um guys, let's let's get to the plot. And Alex, I was wondering, do you want to tag team this with me? Yeah, let's Let's tag team it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna bring up the IMDb thing because I, I did not write down a plot synopsis. I've been, it's been a little it's busy a, since last week. Hey, it's okay. Eric and I, Erica and I sat down to watch this yesterday. I had a notebook, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. <laughs> Note to future self, Alex. Please watch this on the TV next time and not on your iPad. Oh yeah, come on, I bro. Think that, that hampered my enjoyment. Probably, yeah. I mean, watching on TV was great. I still enjoyed it. And Erica, feel free to interject with analysis at any time. Also, I mean, we can stop and analyze any time. Uh, uh, let's let's try to get this done. You know, we're we're going for a world record here. You know what I mean? Old. All right, so. We open. It's raining really hard. Who knows? Maybe a hurricane's coming. I have no idea. Um, they, it looks like there is a wedding about to happen. It's just raining. And then it goes to Elizabeth Swan that is dressed up all pretty, um, sitting in the rain, maybe crying. It's hard to tell because it's raining. Um, definitely looks sad, though. And... Uh, She's wondering why, where everyone is, I guess. And all of a sudden, uh, these these British Royal Navy ships, also branded with the East India Trading Company insignia, come to Port Royal. And we find out that Will Turner is arrested. And for what? We don't know. Um <laughs> At this point, Elizabeth, right? Elizabeth is arrested as well. She is. She is. Uh, this is 
this is our introduction to Cutler Beckett, uh, Lord Cutler Beckett. Um, we don't know that much about him, but obviously he has a history with the Swan family. Um, he arrests uh, Will and by order of the crown and gives Governor Swan the wrong uh, warrant. This And he says, this warrant's for Elizabeth Swan. And uh, Lord... Lord Beckett is like, oh my bad. Uh arrest her too. <laughs> and uh they both get arrested uh for helping Jack Sparrow escape the gallows in the previous movie. Um from there we it's cut really nice when th- things have consequences from movie to movie. It like, is. I I love I love TV and stuff like that. But when episodes episode don't have consequences, like the giant reset button, I'm like, come on. Yeah, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Um, from there, we cut to this just terrifying island. I was, I mean, seeing this movie as an almost 12-year-old um, way back in the day, uh, this, this was very... Scary. I mean, I, I still have no idea exactly what the island is. It's obviously some kind of prison island um, where they kind of just, yeah, like they. I mean, if someone dies, they put them in a in a coffin and throw them out to sea, like that kind of thing. Uh, it's very terrifying. Uh, and we see this one coffin get thrown to the sea, and a bird lands on it, starts pecking on it, and then a gunshot through the coffin kills the bird and who comes out of that coffin besides jack sparrow once again our hero captain jack sparrow is back and this time we're wondering what the heck is he doing i mean i think his introduction in the last movie was like i said it was super iconic probably one of the best character introductions of all time but in this one this is like when you kind of start to like, well, why, why? Like, this is when you start to question like plot points with Jack. Um, he rose his way back to the pearl with the leg of a deceased person. Um, <laughs> you know, just casual stuff. And uh, when they get back to the ship, uh, the the crew is like. So, did you get what you were looking for? And he's like, yep. And he pulls out this cloth with a drawing of a key. It's not a picture. It's a drawing of a key. And, of course, everyone's very confused. Everyone's pretty mad. Uh, Some of the crew seems mutinous. And he has the cloth. And it's it's a drawing of a key. Not a picture of a key. It's a drawing. It's very important. Um... From there, who do we cut back to? Do we cut back to? We cut back to Will. Will is making a deal with Cutler Beckett. Um, Beckett wants Jack's compass, and we don't know why. He just wants his compass. Um, in exchange for his and Elizabeth's freedom, um, he's going to keep Elizabeth as collateral. And you know what, I. I don't like Cutler Beckett. I really don't. At least not in this movie. Like, 
I don't understand why we needed two villains. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of understand a little bit that they uh, needed a villain for the next movie. Oh, no, I don't understand. I have no idea why he's in this movie. I don't like his character at all. Like, um, I guess I get that he represents corruption in the crown, but like, you know, like, he's just... He's kind of unnecessary in a lot of ways. Um, I think Davy Jones was a fine enough villain without him. Um, And there, I mean, I think the only reason he's in this movie. Folks, upon recording this episode of Voice Camera Action, we ran into the technical difficulties with our recording program. Um, So some of the stuff in the middle may have gotten cut out. Uh, sorry for the inconvenience. I'm sure that there was some really valuable insight that you're missing, but hopefully the episode still makes sense, and we just wanted to get you the content you so crave. Thank you for your patience. Hi, Craig. Welcome back. Download link. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he still he recorded something. Okay. Sorry. Oh my goodness. It's all good. It's all good. So you're talking about Norrington and him having something to do. Um, Yeah. You 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 forgot about and I didn't know where to interject. uh, Jack after he shows everyone the key pic. Well, not a picture. The drawing. Drawing. He uh, gets visited by Bootstrap Bill. Oh yeah. Bottom of the the ship, and I, I. he doesn't know how Bill gets there. We don't know how he gets there. He's just there. And Bill gives him the the spot, like the, the dreaded pirate spot. And that kind of kicks off Jack's reasoning for wanting to run away. Yeah. Uh, he freaks out after this, and they're like, uh, he's wake- the crew's all sleeping. He's waking up. He's like, all hands on deck. We blah, 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 barking pirate orders. And Gibbs is like, where are we going? Somewhere, anywhere, land. We got to go. Uh, and then we go back to Beckett, the most unnecessary character in the whole series, probably. Um, the guy does a fine job. Whoever plays him, Tom Hollander. I believe that's his name. Tim Hollander, Tom Hollander. Just, not a great villain. I think he serves in order, like I said, to give Norrington a quest to redeem himself in the eyes of the crown. Um, he had, he hands Will Turner these, uh, this agreement that's like, uh, if you bring back Jack Sparrow, he'll be the employee of the British Navy. Um, and he'll be free, but not really because he'll be kind of enslaved to the Navy. Um, yeah, so he has these papers and he's on a quest to go get the compass from Jack. Um, we don't know why he wants the compass because it doesn't point north. I mean, it you know, like it's just useless. Um, Then, where do we go from there, Alex? Um, 
Will uh, finds a way out to sea. I don't. Rem- I, I guess it's just one of the British Royal Navy ships. Sea and turtles. That- what? Sea turtles. Yeah, sea turtles. He he commandeers some sea oh. turtles, and uh, they get they get wrecked by the kraken. And then he washes oh, ashore. Yep. Mm-hmm. He washes ashore the same island that the the black pearl just ran aground at. And he's like, "Oh, good. There's the black pearl. I need to find Jack now." Yeah. And I sometimes like I don't know how long they had been there, but the the pearl crew had been there for a while, long long enough to get captured and for Jack to be named king of the cannibals. Yes. Um. Let's just talk about this scene real quick, shall we? This is one sentence in the synopsis, but it's a pretty long scene. It's a very long scene. Erica, I'm wondering what your thoughts were on this scene, because it it just seems very kind of random in the movie to me. This whole scene where they're on the cannibal island. Right, right, yeah. It's one of those scenes... um... Where I feel like when I first watch a movie, I remember like really big scenes really, really well. And this just was not one of them, I think, because it did feel very random. Um, I'm trying to even remember the ins and outs of it. And I'm like, what even happened during the scene? And like, what was I even looking at? Um, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not one of those scenes that is a, is a favorite or a standout or anything. I don't really even a picture of it yeah i mean it kind of changes the tone of the movie a little bit and uh when the the crew is in those cages suspended above the i guess it's the river or whatever it's like they're in that gorge right um and they're trying to escape um i love that like almost circus music type stuff when when they're swinging the cages, trying to hit the uh, or hit the wall in order to climb up, um, and then they realize that they're they don't the they don't need everyone to crew the pearl, um, and then it's like a race. Um, yeah, I mean that's probably my favorite part of the scene, but the rest of the scene is just like it's kind of weird, kind of creepy. Um, I don't. I don't condone cannibalism. That's my stance right now. You hear that on Weisscast. I do not condone cannibalism. We're we're taking very big stances here on Weiss camera action. Next week, another hot take. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I think my favorite part of the scene is towards the end of it, like. Also, like the I, I was trying to remember last week how Pincel and Rigetti come back into the story, and they they come back in the story because they're just floating on some boat in the middle of the ocean, and they happen upon the same island. Like they just row up, and they're like, "Oh, there's the Black Pearl. We can take that over." And they have the the jail dog with them for some reason, but I just I, I like the very end of the scene where. The cannibals are chasing Jack. Jack's like, get back to the ship, get back to the ship. And everybody, like Jack and Will and the crew and Pintel and Rigetti get onto the ship. And then the natives or the cannibals see this dog and they're like, that's our new god. And the chase after the dog. Like, it's completely random. It doesn't make sense. Like, 
like they they would want to eat Jack. That makes sense. They're cannibals, but why would they want to eat a dog or worship a dog? It it's ridiculous, but I I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, the dog is so cute. I I'm on a kind of a dog kick right now. I mean, I kind of always am. I really like dogs, but uh, is is so cute and just like, oh man, this is a new dog king. Oh, be my king. <laughs> it wouldn't have made much sense, but I think they kind of missed an opportunity to keep bringing the dog dog back in ridiculous situations. Oh but... yeah. It's okay. Kind of like the opposite of what you were talking about earlier. Uh, just uh, resurrecting this dog for no reason, like mir- miraculously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to skip over some parts in the synopsis. Like, I mean, this is a two and a half hour movie for crying out loud in a bucket. Like this this movie uh, uh we actually ended up taking a break at exactly halfway through this movie alex and we went to go get coffee um what? we didn't even we didn't even mean to pause it at exactly halfway it just happened to be exactly yeah. we came back and we were about to press play i was like wait a second <laughs> we were within like two seconds of it being perfectly the halfway point it was kind of nuts but hey it was really good coffee if you ever in Dunwoody, Georgia, crema coffee, real good. Indeed, big fan. So, what do you guys like? The n- next part involves Elizabeth's re-entrance into the story. She escapes from jail. She finds her way across a vessel disguised as a. The Wikipedia says a, like as a cabin boy. I did not buy for one second her being a boy. Like maybe just because I knew. It was Elizabeth Swan, but like, she did not convince me that she was a, a cabin boy. Erica, yeah, I want I want to hear your thoughts on this because yeah, yeah, I was kind of thinking thinking the same thing, which, I mean, I don't know. She's like the like beautiful like gorgeous like woman from the last film and i feel like in this film like i can see like like, what they were trying to do but i also feel like they were like we still need to make sure she's beautiful (laughs) that's you know like not that that's like her whole character but it's definitely a big like a big thing um so it was kind of i i agreed i didn't i for a second that she could like be a, a random little boy from the ship but um yeah, I, I I can see what they were doing. I think she looked different enough. Different enough, I would say. Yeah. We thought that she was a little boy, but at least not like her usual self. Mm-hmm. I, I did. I, I don't remember if it's now or not, but I did kind of enjoy the, the ghost dress and she was kind of outsmarting the other people. Yeah, that's what like she she makes the dress fly in the air, makes everybody think that there's a ghost on board, and then they're like, "What is what is this dress?" And then she eventually just lights a bunch of gas on fire, something, and it says spells out Tortuga, and they're like, "Oh, that's where we need to go." Like, I, I don't know. I, I thought that was cool. So then they go to Tortuga, and there are two references to the ride in Tortuga. 
Anybody know what they are? I'll tell you what they are. There's the the guy being dunked in the well and spitting out the water. That's a reference to the ride. And also the band that gets progressively louder or faster as the fight goes on. That's a reference to the ride. There were a couple moments, actually, while we were watching the movie that I said, I wonder if this is on the ride because that just was very familiar and I feel like I've never seen that scene of the movie. Um, and I was like, I bet that's on the ride. I think that the band was one of those things that I was like, I think that's for sure, for sure a reference to the ride. So I'm glad to hear that confirmed because that seemed oddly familiar. And I was like, I know I haven't seen this part of the movie because I've seen hardly any of it. I think maybe a total of like 30 seconds. So. So. Now, I, is this about the halfway mark at Tortuga? Are we close to the halfway mark? Because, like, for me, like, there's stuff I enjoy in the last half, but, like, I felt like this is kind of where it started getting convoluted. Like, even in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to remember the order of events. Like, I know Jack hires... He... Oh, wait, we we skipped over a whole bunch. We did, we did. And um, I was going to recap that real quick. Pretty much... uh... Jack sends Will to settle his debt to Davy Jones. Will gets captured by Davy Jones's crew. Um, there's a great scene where uh, Will's being interrogated, and he's like, he, "I don't know." It, it reminds me a lot, Alex, of the scene in the in, in opening of Force Awakens where. Uh, where uh, Poe is being interrogated by Kylo Ren. Um, it, ha- it has a lot of similar cadence um, Poe po and Will Turner do. Um, and just the way that they react to the villain, seeing the villain the first time. Um, but pretty much uh, in the interrogation, uh, Davy Jones figures out that the black pearl is close and he just i guess teleports to the black pearl um like boom there yeah or whatever happens and um he and jack strike a deal that if jack finds a hundred souls aka people uh in exchange for jack's life uh jack can go free which is very scummy um and that is what brings us to tortuga that's that's the scene that I have audio for. All right, give us some audio there, pal. There it was. Could you hear it? Nothing. Can you hear that? No. <laughs> Where does the speaker on the... Is it on the bottom? Oh, here we Huffer. go. A brain to a lifetime of... Anything? I heard a lifetime. Okay, here we go. Yeah, that was better. 
I know where to. I know where. And you get a brain to a lifetime. So. What? What's he say? Just give us. Just tell us what he's saying. He has impression. such an awkward reading of the word "condemn." It sounds like they spliced two audio segments together. Oh, he says, "Can you condemn?" And it sounds so weird to me. <laughs> like, and they're showing the back of his head. So I'm like, "This has got to be an audio splice." This is. I bet. This is very ironic because you're talking about how bad the audio was, and we couldn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> all. all I could hear was lifetime. Uh, yeah, I but, just don't know where to point on my microphone, I guess. But uh, yeah, okay, everybody listening at home, he he he's like, <laughs> "Can you condemn?" He says it like that. Can you condemn? Can you condemn? <laughs> and I played it over and over. I'm like, this is so weird. That's a like, really good uh, impression of <laughs> Davy Jones. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe the through the audio ma- magic of audio editing, you can insert the clip. It's very possible. Um, so yeah, this was pretty much the halfway mark, and you know what? Uh, a lot of stuff after this is like, uh, they go to. They go to Tia Dalma. By they, I mean the Black Pearl crew goes to Tia Dalma, played wonderfully by Naomi Harris, who also plays... Money Penny. Money Penny. I almost said Eve, but that's her nickname, yep. her first name. Yep. Money Penny in the newer James Bond movies, starting with Skyfall, right? Yeah. Um, She plays Tia Dalma really well. Tia Dalma is kind of the witch doctor type character in this this movie um and they go to her because they're they want to find out uh how to get the chest right they want to find out where to get the chest um that contains this reminds me of one of my questions. It didn't really hamper or anything my enjoyment, but this like they they trade the monkey, Jack the monkey for the information. Uh-huh. And the the monkey's been in a couple scenes before and like there's one scene where he's a skeleton again. Mm-hmm. Another scene where they shoot him and Jack Sparrow even says we have an undead monkey we can trade. And I'm like, the curse was lifted. How is he an undead monkey? You know, like, I don't I don't get it. I don't really I don't... get it either. I mean, Erica, do you have any insight as to why this would make sense? No, I was watching it and I wasn't quite sure either, but the only thing that my brain told myself was, well, it's a monkey, so maybe it's different for monkeys versus for people. <laughs> Maybe it's just the magic of the curse. <laughs> I really don't know. That was all I could come up with. But I was wondering that because he shot the monkey and I like audibly. And then I was like, oh, it's okay. Is there a post-credit but... scene to the first movie? I don't think so. I feel like there might be. Because my brain just triggered like whenever Erica was talking like 
wait a second. She's like, it doesn't make sense. And I was like, wait, but it does. I, I remember a scene where the monkey takes a piece of gold. Oh, uh, you know what? That's very possible. Plot is thickening. Huh. All right. So this sets them on a quest to find the chest for the the key that has been found. Um, well, actually, the key hasn't yet been found. Uh, <laughs> guys, there is a lot. There's a lot of interweaving plot lines in this movie. This movie is very dense, very long. Um, essentially, listeners, what you have is. Yeah, let's, Four let's people. Recap the plot threads here that interject or intercut. Okay, what you have is four people going after one thing, pretty much. So you have everyone is going after the dead man's chest, which is this chest that contains the heart of Davy Jones. Whoever has the heart of Davy Jones controls Davy Jones and thus controls the seas. So Jack is wanting it so he doesn't have to be a part of Davy Jones' crew. Will is wanting it so he can save his father from Davy Jones. Norrington is wanting it so he can essentially regain his old life. And Davy Jones wants it because it's his his heart. <laughs> like I mean, it's as simple as that. It's his heart. Um. So from there, I mean, you have four different. Plot, plot lines with four different motivations and um, in this movie it's like it's the story of how all these uh, all these motivations kind of interweave and connect and um, that brings us I mean the climax of the movie kind of comes late it come it, it the climax of the movie doesn't really happen until they get to the island where the chest is and it, at this point there's only like 30 minutes left in the movie um this is kind of where it dragged for me cuz there's like all this cutting back and forth and like you know they just got to get to the chest but it takes forever to get to the chest mm-hmm. yeah i think this movie could have been 20 or 30 minutes shorter yeah um i think it takes some 30 stuff minutes longer than the first movie yeah, take some stuff out of the, I guess, the, like, right after the midpoint. Mm-hmm. Take some stuff out there. And then, like, leave the last 30 minutes. Plot-wise. And it's so good. Once they get to that island. um, Wait, wait you, you named the island earlier. You, you gave me the name of the island. It's Isla Crucis. Isla Crucis. Um. Once they get there, it's just it's it goes real quick. It's a really good. I mean, that's when uh, they find the chest. Um, that's when they begin sword fighting over the key. By they, I mean, of course, Jack, Will, and Norrington. Um, Rigetti and Pencil are right there, and that's one of Alex's favorite scenes where they're talking and just like saying why each one's fighting for the the key and then they just realize better better remove temptation like that <laughs> that's so genius um so by the way i just confirmed that the scene i imagined from the first movie is in the first movie where the monkey takes the the coin after the credits 
Oh, good. I'm glad How you're not saying that. <laughs> that. There is an explanation. We are not crazy, Erica. So relieved to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once they get to Elacrusus, like this, it's so good. Um. Yeah, and well, before we get there, though, like I know we jumped ahead to Tortuga, but we kind of kind of jump back to Tortuga now. Like that's where we meet re meet Norrington. He's washed up and in a pigsty. Like, uh, um, crap, what's his name? Mister Gibbs was in the first movie, and they have a a little exchange. Um, I think. What, oh, what is Norrington's line? He's like, I'm a step behind. You, you. My story is the same of yours, only one chapter behind. Yeah, that's it. And I don't quite understand why Jack doesn't get 100 pirates or 100 souls. He gets like five people on Tortuga. And then he's just like, eh, I'm not going to worry about it. I don't, I don't really, I don't get why he doesn't get 100 people. I... Yeah, you saying that is it's clicking. Like, why is that scene? That scene just exists to reintroduce Norrington, right? Like that, and he, yeah, I, th- I thought he was he went there to recruit people, but he did. Okay, he definitely did, and I mean that's how Norrington gets involved in the story, and that's also how we get Elizabeth back with the. That's true. The crew, however. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like that whole plot point with a hundred souls, like that's at this point, it's kind of moot. It doesn't even matter that he just decides to go look for the chest. Right. Right. So. Okay. Davy Jones wants the chest for himself so he can control himself. Is that why he wants his heart? No, no, not so he can control himself so no one else can control. Well, yeah, I guess essentially that, but it sounds silly when you say it like that. But it's so essentially so no one else controls him. Okay. He is his own man. Fish. His own squid man. Thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Alex, we've been talking about uh, villains and stuff for a long time. And that reminds me, that brings me to our podcast within podcast, Kudu Fudu. Uh, will you hit the music for me? Kudu. Kudu. Welcome, everybody, to Kudu Boodoo, the podcast within a podcast where cool guys rank bad guys cool guy cool dudes rank bad dudes whatever it is uh this is the second in the series uh and we actually have two bad dudes to rank this week uh last week we just talked about barboza this week we have cutler beckett and davy jones i would like to hear both of your thoughts on these bad dudes um villains are as good as barboza Like Davy Jones is well acted, but sorry, go ahead, Erica. No, 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 you're so good. I was gonna say, I feel like Cutler Beckett. Did I just say his name correctly? Yeah. I feel as though if he didn't exist, I wouldn't be that sad about it. But I feel like Davy Jones was such a cool villain. Like I really enjoyed him being in the movie. Um, he was like 
an image that like I kind of could already imagine before watching the movie even though like I feel like other than him I could really only ever picture um Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth and Will Turner like as like the main three characters like before I went into watching the series but I could right before I said to Aaron right before Davy Jones first came on the screen I was like he has a crazy beard like I could suddenly remember exactly what he looked like and what his kind of persona was like and it was um he's very memorable to me for some reason um and I yeah I think that he might be my favorite villain of the film franchise so far which might be a hot take but I yeah I I really really liked him being in this movie obviously he's like the whole plot pretty much but Here's my take, and Erica's. I'm not saying Erica's wrong because she had a good assessment, but like when you when you you know get down to brass tacks, I I don't I don't know what Davy Jones's motivation was besides the heart. Like he's like, okay, I got the heart. What am I gonna do now? Like just sick the cracking on people. Like maybe I missed an important line. When when I wasn't thinking about him saying condemn all day, um, or replaying that video clip, but Barbosa, he's like, I want to get all the gold. I want to live my life, and he's like, I want to get all the gold, and then I'm going to eat a whole bushel of air of apples, and that just like sums up his his motivation so well. He just wants apples so bad. He just wants apples so badly. <laughs> But you know, uh, like, I I kind of felt for Barbosa because he's like he's a bad dude, but like he also he wanted to be able to feel things because he just he, <laughs> he didn't like just existing. It's it's like in Wreck It Ralph. He's like Barbosa's a bad guy, but it's not like he's a bad guy. Thank you, Zangief. Uh, no, you know what? Um, I I really like. Davy Jones. Um, there's something that he brings to this villainous role that's a little bit more menacing, a little bit more terrifying. And I don't think that he necessarily needs a motivation um, as much. I mean, like some some men, Master Wine, just want to see the world burn. I mean, maybe Davy Jones just wants to see the world burn. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, I I love Barbosa. I I think I went on record last episode and saying that he's my favorite character in the entire series. Love Barbosa to death, but I would argue that he's maybe more of an anti-hero as opposed to a villain. Um, he definitely has more of that villainous role in the first movie, but we see him in the subsequent three movies that he's in be more, um heroic be weighted differently when i see him in that those roles exactly yeah no future spoilers but yeah um, i'm like ooh, what's gonna happen i'm excited now (laughs) so that's the only reason that i would put davy jones above barbosa um and i mean it's like dead last I think we can agree that Beckett is dead last right now. I mean, Beckett sucks. <laughs> I firmly agree. I, I I think the like 
again, you know, I don't know the last time I watched this movie, but in my mind, like, for some reason, Beckett and Norrington are the same person, and I f- kind of forgot Norrington was in the movie. Mm. But I'm just like, there's some guy in a stuffy British suit that I remembered, and I, I just forgot that he existed at all. But I remember Davy Jones, like, he he's iconic, he looks iconic. Like, you can't forget those tentacles, you can't forget his accent, you can't forget his weird inflections. You can't forget the way that he plays uh, his his pipe organ with his tentacle beard. That just yeah. grows. Don't even get me started on that. Golly, that was disgusting. That was absolutely vile. <laughs> but the music but was, was he hyped there, it right? right? Was he was he hitting all the right keys? Oh, absolutely. As a very unprofessional. Um, Pianist slash organ player, I can confirm. <laughs> he was <playing> flawlessly. <laughs> and for the listeners at home, I do not actually play the piano nor the organ, but, and I still have a professional opinion, and it was flawless. <laughs> um, so, right now, as of week two of Pirates of the Caribbean in review, uh, for Kudu Badu, we have number one, Davy Jones. Number two, Barbosa, and number three, Cutler Beckett. Without referencing anything in real life right now, I will concede my point to the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a political podcast, but I uh, I, I, all I said was the word concede. That's all. <laughs> you know, I just wish more people would concede. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh. <laughs> We didn't really get uh, any new funny dudes um, in this. Uh, no, I would we say... didn't get new funny dudes, but what if we talked about just Pentel and Rigetti, their scenes, this movie versus last movie? Uh, yeah. Their roles. Yeah, I mean, I, they definitely had a bigger role in this movie. They were a little bit more than comic relief. Just mm-hmm. slightly, ever so slightly more than comic relief. Um, they they get introduced in the strangest way. They're like in a rowboat, like you said, on the ocean, reading the Bible <laughs> with the jail dog. <laughs> with the jail dog, uh, and then they happen upon the Black Pearl. Um, and I well, mean, I'm trying to remember what scenes they're in besides the rowboat and besides commenting about the key. So okay, I remember. At the very end, whenever Barbosa is... So, okay, folks, uh, we've kind of gotten away from the plot, but that's okay. Uh, we'll just slash to the end. Uh, Captain Jack gets eaten by Davy Jones's Kraken along with the Black Pearl. Um, and then they go back to uh, Tia, Tia Dalma. By they, I mean the, the crew of the Pearl. Go back to Tia Dalma to mourn and to see what to do next. Um, they have this little cheers in memory of Jack. Um, and this is another time when we see Rigetti and Pintle. Um, they're both weeping, uh, which is kind of funny because they weren't ever really part of the Black Pearl crew as, as Captain, Captain Jack was the captain. Um, but then Tia Dalma is like, are you ready to go? Like, are, we, are you willing to do anything to save Jack, including 
go to the world's end. Um, and they're like, yeah, we'll do anything. And then they're like, will you need a cap or you'll need a captain. And then my gosh, you have one of the most epic entrances of all time. You have good old Barbosa himself, Hector Barbosa. Again, I think I audibly gasped when he walked in. <laughs> yes, uh, for sure. Uh, he was just walking down the stairs, old Hector, and he takes a bite of his of his apple, and I forget what he says, but it's iconic, whatever it is, because it's Jeffrey Rush, and then you just get that rush of adrenaline, that Jeffrey Rush of adrenaline, and <laughs> and. Boy, howdy, are you ready for part three of Pirates of the Caribbean? I mean, that's just such a good ending. But yeah, I think that's the only other scene with Rigetti and Pintle. Okay, I want to I backpedal a little bit on their, their key scene. I know I keep bringing that up, but that when I was watching that, I was like, oh my goodness, they are kind of the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of Pirates of the Caribbean, and I want more of them or a entire movie of them just talking about what the other characters are doing from the sidelines and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are the the comic relief from Hamlet for anybody who doesn't know oh yeah I I had forgotten about that is that like the Timon and Pumbaa characters and yeah yeah okay so Timon and Pumbaa for all for everybody who hasn't read Shakespeare Speaking of Timon and Pumbaa, Alex, Erica, are you ready for this week's ad? Yes. Yeah, it's not. It's never not, been more it's ready. Not right, Tom, is it? Lady and gentlemen, do you love gaming, movie, and or TV? What? Just one. Well, at least one yeah, of those yeah, things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, dang, do I have a show for you to listen to? <laughs> listen. To a podcast that started it all, Weisscast, for nearly two years now, and has been available on your favorite podcast service. And it has gone through some growing pains, but we finally hit our stride. If you like that and want to be a part of the show at patreon.com slash Weisscast, where our $1 a month tier grants you the ability to ask your questions that you want to be aired on the podcast. Also, feel, feel free to correct us when we make mistakes at www.wisecast.com slash your dash wrong. We'd love to hear our mistakes and we'll air them in the next episode. Back to the show. Okay, so the, when they're on the island fighting let's let's take the uh, okay let, let's kind of go beat by beat with the cross or the uh Double crosses and the, uh, yeah, there you go. With the double crosses, the uh, who who ends up with the heart, how they end up with a heart, and yeah, let's just talk about the island because the island's like that's the the it's the climax, or is it the climax? Yeah, the no, climax. it for sure is. It has to be. Um, so right, this is where all plot points converge. This is where all plot points converge. Uh, Jack is about to open the chest. And once the chest is open, they see the heart. Uh, Will is about to stab it and then essentially free his father and take control of the seas. And uh, 
Jack is like, can't let you do that, mate, and points his sword at him. And then Norrington points his sword at Jack. And then uh, eventually they're in a standoff and they, they say all their motivations like, Will's like, I got to save my father. Jack's like, I got to save myself. Norrington's like, I want my life back. And this is when they begin the fight. And uh, it's like, a, I wouldn't even call it a double cross. I mean, it is a double cross, but everyone double crosses each other. It's, I mean, you know, it's like... Sextuplet cross? Yeah, sextuplet cross. Um, it's it's kind of insane. And Elizabeth just thinks it's ridiculous that they're fighting. Um, all of a sudden, she's a pacifist, which is hilarious. Um what does she do to try to get them to stop? Is she like faint or something? She faints. She she tries to recreate the fainting scene from uh, the first movie, which whatever. I mean, that's that's kind of an old gag at this point, to be honest with you. So can uh, you either of you name another movie that's not Star Wars with, that has a three-way sword fight? Because I can't think of one. I can't think of one. This this may be the only movie that I know of that yeah you know, that has a three way sword fight. It's and it's so incredibly choreographed, like I said earlier. Um, very iconic. Um, and at this point, when they're fighting, they're in the woods. They're fighting in the the church. Davy Jones men fish things uh, come on land and are going after the heart. And uh, at this point, Rigetti and Pencil had already had their conversation about taking, stealing the chest, um, removing temptation, and they run into the woods for some reason. I don't know why they run into the woods. Um, they could have just taken the boat <laughs> that was there and whatever, but they didn't um, plot, am I right? Uh, and pretty much they. Uh, the the fishmen are chasing Rigetti and Pintle and um Elizabeth is chasing after them too and uh actually catches up to Rigetti and Pintle before the fishmen. Uh Elizabeth doesn't have a sword, Rigetti and Pintle do, but then the fishmen catch up to all three of them. And then this is pretty epic in itself, where they just keep passing back and forth two swords among the three of them uh to fight Davy Jones. Uh, crew, which I I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Um, that was like the scene where I was like, okay, I don't, I still don't know why Elizabeth's in this movie, but I'm glad she is. You know what I mean? Like, she has no reason to be in this film, but like this this scene, her her vibe with Rigetti and Pencil is just so strong. Like, I I really liked the way that they played off each other in this scene. Um, and this is all happening, of course, as the three uh, pirates, Norrington, Jack, and Turner, are fighting each other on the wheel. Um, at this point, uh, at this point, the... I'm trying to think of what happens. So there's a there's some point where like the wheel falls over and mm -hmm. 
Jack is able to open the chest by himself. He grabs the heart, puts it in a jar of dirt, and leaves the chest behind. The chest is enough to placate the Davy Jones's uh, crew, so mm-hmm. they leave him alone. And then he he gets away onto the uh, the Black Pearl. Yes. Okay. So it's coming back to me now. Uh, Jack hides the the heart in the jar of dirt that he got from our friend Tia Dalma. Um, then uh, he gets knocked out by Norrington, uh, and Norrington puts the heart in a bag and puts it in his pocket. That's how um, Norrington gets it, because I completely missed that. Yeah, and uh, just, I mean, leaves the dar- jar of dirt. And uh, the chest, he has the chest in his hand, in his hands, um, and distracts. Like he, He's acting heroic. He's going to distract the, the Davy Jones crew so everyone else can escape. Uh, he, he runs away um, with the chest. They chase after him. He ends up throwing them the chest, and then uh, off screen, he like gets a piece of driftwood and goes to the ocean and starts floating away and gets picked up by the British Royal Navy at some, you know, plot. Um, but we don't see any of that. Um, we see Jack, Pintle, Rigetti, uh, Will, and Elizabeth go back to the Pearl. Um, and that is when the Kraken shows up. Kraken shows up and everyone else abandons ship except for Jack um, and Elizabeth. Elizabeth kisses him to distract him and chains him to the mast um, and says... Like the Kraken's after you. Um, you're so selfish. You should go down with the ship. Um, and then he does. Um, <laughs> the big ball of tentacles and teeth that is the Kraken uh, eats Jack and destroys the Pearl. And we are left with a hopeless crew of good pirates. Um, remembering Jack and his final deed. Um, and then we get reintroduced to our boy, Hector Barbosa. I want to backpedal a little bit and talk about the flying Dutchman. Cause we didn't really talk about that. Right. Like it's a uh, sub, sub aquatic ship that just like it has its various crew members in various states of, uh, like becoming fish people. And like I guess that's once you're cursed on the like once you're tied to uh service to Jack Davy Jones, you just become like a shark man or a fish man. And like the like like the thing about the flying Dutchman is it just pops up where you where you least expect it and blows other ships out of the water. They can summon the Kraken and just destroy other ships so like i guess having having control over that ship which is the motivation for having the heart is like 
basically having control over the seas because you have this like basically this quasi invincible ship that can just yeah intimidate and instill fear into people the dutchman is really really cool um in a lot of ways more iconic than the pearl blasphemy no it, it does look really really cool That that is the thing that I've like kind of had to come to terms with these movies is like kind of like the supernatural, more fantastical elements of these movies. Um, I mean, I know the first one had it, but I mean, it just it turns it up to eleven for these, mm-hmm. um, the sequels, and uh, I kind of I kind of really like it. Uh, I'm not saying that this is like the perfect trilogy in any sense of the mat, uh, any sense of the word. Um, I mean, I think the perfect trilogy is Lord of the Rings, but that's not this in review. That's the second time I've brought up the rings in this series. Um, maybe we should review it. Who knows? Um, but I, I don't know. I really like this movie and I'm wondering what, what we should rank it. Um, I'm, I'm wanting to hear your scores and we'll start with, We'll start with Alex. I didn't, I didn't like it as much as the first one. Like I used to kind of put it on par with the first one. I was, I know that I feel like it, this movie kind of went through a weird, like everybody watched it cause it made so much money, but then everybody was like, Oh, it's not any good. Like the first one's the only good one, but I, I, I don't know why that happened, but um, I'm kind of in between. Like I thought I didn't, I, 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 Give it a seven. That's what I'm getting at. I I didn't like it as much as the first one, just because it felt kind of overstuffed and like, okay, why is Elizabeth here? Why is what? Who is this Beckett guy? Everything kind of felt a little overlong, but like when it hit, it really hit hard. Um. Yeah. I think. I think for me, after watching one um i think i like one of the first things i said to aaron i was like okay i think that i need to readjust readdress my rating of the last movie because i think that last time i said i liked the last movie like eight to eight and a half but i think i want to reduce that number now to a seven which is so rude of me i'm so sorry um but then i want to give this movie the eight that i gave the last movie because i think that I like I'm more inclined to want to rewatch this one than I am to want to rewatch the last one. Like I want to rewatch this one like as soon as I can because I think that I don't know like like I was saying earlier there's some scenes I feel like weren't quite as memorable and I feel like if I were to watch it again I could like grasp everything even better and also I just liked all of the elements that were in the last movie that are also in this movie. I don't want to say all of them because, again, I agree that Elizabeth was not as, like, well done and all of the things that um, could have that could have been done better in this movie, I, I was agreeing with y'all on, but I also, I don't know, I just love Davy Jones, and I and again, like, I loved um, the Flying Dutchman, and I loved um, like, I don't know, just the things that were in this movie, like the supernatural fantastical elements I really liked more than the last movie. Um, Anyways, so I give this one an eight, and I unfortunately reduce my 
rating of the last movie to a 7. Controversial, I know. <laughs> Muted here. We'll let it happen this one time. Uh, <laughs> changing the score of the previous movie. Yeah, sorry, I won't let it happen again. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Wise Camera Action is a podcast of integrity, I promise. Um, <laughs> so sorry, what can I say? <laughs> uh, I... I like a lot of the points that you you guys both made, and I I think I'm going to go right in the middle of you two. I think I'm going to go seven and a half. Um, I I like this movie uh, more when I watch it than when I'm talking about it. Um, if that makes sense, like um, the like in the moment, I, <laughs> <laughs> I I like it more in reflection than I did at least in the last half. Like. I, I like more thinking about it than I did from start to finish. It's just when I'm in it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Wow. That shot is so beautiful. Holy cow. The Dutchman looks so good. Wow. This song is so good. Um, stuff like that. Um, but I'm also like Beckett, who are you? Why are you here? Elizabeth Swan? Why are you here? But like, I don't know. It's really good. It didn't, for me, it didn't quite live up to the first one. did not live up and um you know it's it's really it's rare that second movies for me live up to the first one um or even surpass the first one but uh this one's really good the score really brings it brings up the 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 grade that i'm giving it uh honestly like i love davy jones theme the dutchman theme and wow. That's been stuck in my head for a while now. Right? It's just, it's so good. So, um, that's why I give it a seven and a half. Um, so, if we're going to rank these movies, it seems as if the average of ours is seven and a half. Um, which is slightly worse than last week's average, which would have been what's eight plus eight plus seven, seven is 23. So it's, it's like 7.66 pretty much. <laughs> Thanks, Erica. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I okay. love ruining things. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need you around. So yeah. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean curse of the black pearl stays in first and dead man's chest goes to second um folks this has been weiss camera action the show where each and every week alex erica and i will be watching and ranking movies and uh, you can find us on podcast services around the globe soon to be on Apple podcasts. Uh, once I figure that out, I'm so sorry, folks, that it's been taking so long. They've just been booties. Um, to quote my boss, she calls p- people booties. It's really funny. Um, prediction for next week. I, I feel like our opinions will be more divisive. Ooh, Ooh. but I, that's just based on what I remember the third movie. 
Yeah, yeah. I I can see that. I can see that. That's a good that's a good prediction. Um I am Aaron Weiss. You can find me on podcasts. Well, you can find me on podcasts, uh, but you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Weiss is right. Erica, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Erica.lav. That is L-A-V. Or on Twitter, which I hardly use. So feel free not to check over there if you don't want to. But also, I love the free promo. So underscore lavender I-C-A. Alex. Find me at Alexander M. Weiss on Twitter and on Instagram, same handle. And you cannot find me at the Four Seasons Landscape. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oof. You know, I've been looking for new landscapers. I, I was going to call Rudy Giuliani to see if he had any recommendations, but I didn't want to salt fresh wounds you know what i mean (laughs) that's a wrap like i said this is not a political podcast uh folks we've enjoyed having you and uh we'll see you next week when we are at world's end exciting